day in 1987, the Dirty Dancing soundtrack hits number one in America. And when it hit, it stuck for 18 weeks. We've all air danced with ourselves, imagining ourselves in the arms of some, I don't know, good-looking man or woman being twirled around the bedroom. Who doesn't love that final scene? It was initially attended for Donna Summer. Turned it down. Paula Notes turned it down. Kim Counts declined. Then Jennifer Warns was approached with Bill Medley. And you, Bootsy Moran, are just loving it, aren't you? That was my sister's wedding dance because uh, my mom and dad actually met at Muscle Beach. And my dad is like the lower holder person. Yeah. So she played the song and then ran at her wedding and he just picked her up still. <laughs> Oh, so, so the I'm memories are quite profound. I'm a huge Dirty Dancing fan. I have it on yeah. vinyl. You do have it on vinyl? Yep. Have you seen the movie, Dean? I don't know whether I have. <laughs> I was born in the 80s, so yeah. I, I'm definitely familiar well, with you, the song. Well, you know what? I haven't seen this movie either. Got it. I have not seen... You can watch it on your waterbed. Yeah. <laughs> no? <laughs> not a fan? I have I the know. DVD. <laughs> You and I are the only two people in Aotearoa who have not seen Dirty Dancing. Oh, I, mm. my, I might have to remedy My it producer, then. Iana, was shocked. She said, what have you done? Is it on so, Netflix? Well, I don't, I don't know. Is I'll, it, I'll check. My question is, is it any good? Amazing. It has a is lot of what? feminist qualities. It's about a girl, you know, paving the way at 17 mm. or high school. And she does a lot of, yeah, I think there's a lot of feminism in that film, is actually. There? Yeah, because yeah. it has a lot of iffy issues, too, because I watched it with my young 10-year-old daughter, mm. and I forgot there's a bit of, you know, abortion scene, and there's okay. all these things. But it's about, um, you know, it's, it has a lot of layers to it, um, I good. think, and I think it's a great film. Good on you. Sold me. Yeah. Dirty dancing there. I've had the time of my life. This day, 87. 24 to 5, the panel. Buy now, pay later schemes like mm, there's afterpays and there, there's laybys, zip and hum, along with many other schemes. You can now access practically everything from food to clothes, event tickets, flights via four interest-free instalments. Very handy, some might say. Too handy, but potentially dangerous. You'll have those late payment fees. Well, a new report out today released by Good Shepherd Australia NZ tackled this issue, saying that women were forced to use, some women were first forced to use buy now pay later products to flee abusive relationships. With us is Dr. Roz Russell, the Good Shepherd Director, Research and Advocacy. Dr. Russell, welcome. Hi, hello. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Interesting report there. Well, can you explain for those who aren't familiar, many are, some aren't, how buy now pay later works? Look, it, it is actually just like lay-by in the old days and from the sounds of when you were all born, you probably don't remember lay-by, um, but lay-by where you could um, put it down, you know, you could pay, uh, pay it off, uh, a product off over time and then you got your product. So this allows you to do the same thing essentially, but you get your product straight away, which is very tempting and, uh, and you know, it seems um, such a great solution and it cuts out the middleman. It's almost like having... Um, you know, credit, but, uh, but you know, straight away and, and just for that amount of product. So it's not endless credit. So it is a very tempting and um, to many attractive product that, um, that it is so easily accessible. And that's one of the things. And like you said, it's just so prevalent and available for anything. So Buy Now Pay Letter is, has been in the news quite a bit this year. So there is a focus mm. on it. So to your um, reports specifically at Good Shepherd. What is the main issue as you see it and what sort of examples are you hearing? 
Well, for us and um, we, you know, the, the clients that we have at Good Shepherd are, um, are usually and mostly in, you know, financial hardship. Um, we have a, a large family violence um, service sector as well. So many women are, are in, in family violence situations or, or trying to leave family violence situations. So, so these are women who are, you know, among the most vulnerable and we are seeing uh, a high and extreme rate of growth of, of the use of buy now pay later for women who um, are, are in financial hardship and are very and struggling to to make these payments and pay the the um, those four instalments um, they're getting more and more accounts so you know some of them are six or seven up to sometimes even up to twenty accounts we've heard there's just not there's no regulation for this product and this is the, the problem that and this is what we're seeking to change so. Um, so we're showing that the government that there are examples where it's causing a lot of harms for um, for women that, um, that that we see on a day to day basis, and with some regulation, it can help to stem that harm sure. and, and reduce and mitigate that harm. Shall we go around the panel on this one, Boopsie? Are there any what What does the regulation look like? Was I was wondering. So does it look like how do you cut it on certain products? Or I'd like to ask you: Have you used um, buy now, Boopsie? Oh. Okay, I'll go to that first. Oh, is that a question for me? Yes, can can you a- answer that first? Is that what are the types yeah, of regulations? Look, what we're after, um, we're, we're, we want it to be uh, regulated just like the other credit products are. Um, the the issue was that the uh, providers of Buy Now Pay Later here don't see it as credit. They they said it's another credit product, which it is, and it got them through the loopholes as mm. it created these loopholes where they didn't have to be regulated like other credit products. So so other credit products, um, and what we're asking for is this: is some is better protection for consumers mm-hmm. um, and better checking. So there's no checks mm-hmm. done when, when people go to that, yeah. uh, buy something. Um, and also when there are problems, there's no redress. So uh, we wow. have women who have, um, you know, it's, it's used for coercive debt. So how so? can no, you explain no how redress. it's used for coercive debt? Well, their part, their partners um, are, are using their name and are creating accounts in their name, either really? fraudulent, fraudulently, or um, and or actually that they are coercing um, uh, the the women to actually take out accounts. You know, um, so it's emotional abuse and coercive oh control in order to get products that is, that is essentially for them. Yeah, so and it sounds so, like. It sounds like it's just a really easy credit card. I feel like it's so dangerous in the sense that um, you don't, as a parent of young children, how are you teaching them to earn what they get? It's the opposite problem where they get it without the earning. That's certainly uh, that coercive uh, aspect of buy now, pay later. uh, That hasn't been in the media as much as the report. So very interesting, Roz Kiora, for uh, raising uh, that issue. Dean Hall. Uh, I know when I was an army officer, it was a problem with new soldiers. Same with overseas. Actually, in America, it's a massive issue for new soldiers. Um, and, uh, you know, because they get a bit of money, and they, uh, but there's a lack of financial literacy. So the army actually tries to invest a lot of time to try and teach soldiers financial literacy. So there'll be a lot of people out there thinking, oh, we shouldn't be regulating this, so I can handle it and that. But I, I think people need to realise that we need to do a way better job of teaching financial literacy. So not only do we need to protect people yeah you know Mm. we we have to but before we can take those training wheels off protecting people i think we we have to really up the education system i'm definitely for the idea it'll be great if you know because people you know you you want to buy this or buy that i get it but but i think we really need those safety measures until we get the financial look unfortunately i mean from the women that we see at good shepherd um 
and this is what the marketing and the um, the sector doesn't actually tell us is that most of the uh, there's a high proportion of women using buy now pay later for essentials. It's not for mm. those nice to have and not for those new pair of shoes that the marketers will have us believe. It's young women who, you know, just want to go out on a Saturday night and they need a new outfit. Um, the women that we see and the harms that have been caused is they're, they're buying nappies. Um, or do you call them diapers over there? Um, nappies or um, food for their children, um, medical. You know, they're, they're using it for essentials because they're the inadequate income doesn't cover um, the you know day to day week to week spending and their and their costs the cost of living so the livable wage and also adequate income support would help to um, stem the harms as well. And There's is the interest is the interest higher for buy now pay later than a credit card would well, be? Well, see that's the thing they say there actually is no interest, but that's a lie. No. Um, it, it effectively is interest because there's penalties on late payment. Mm. So. Um, and they're very high. So, so the repercussions again, are actually higher than if they used a credit card. Doesn't this yes. just, it yeah, sounds like exactly. a payday loan by another it, form? Well, it, it is. Essentially, it's one of those traps where it starts to put you into a, a spiral of, of hardship. And, um, and the, you know, it, but there's a lot of um, responsibility on, on the sector. I mean, financial literacy is, of course, important. But the mm. thing is, what they have led people to believe is that, A, it's not credit. And mm-hmm. B, it's so mainstream, it's on everything, it's a, it's a safe product. Otherwise, why would they tell us to use it? Yeah, you the know? reports, so, um, yeah. Ros, the reports are very, uh, just coming back to that uh, financial violence, I mean, that really is qu- quite extraordinary. Oh, shocking. Mm-hmm. Some of the examples, single mother Sonia said it was her abusive ex-partner who encouraged her to take out multiple buy now later accounts and racked up six grand exactly. worth of debt. I was in a violent relationship and was financially controlled for a long time. He made me take out these accounts again and again, and they yeah. were just approved. Yes, of course. So there's no checks and there's no course. There's no um, the, the redress is very very limited, if any. So um, this is one of those products where it's easy to get but very hard to fix. So Before, when there are problems. Yeah. There's, there's no hardship provisions. Dr. Ross, before, no, we go, um, before we go, mm-hmm. just an Aotearoa here. The, government, the New Zealand government last week said they will introduce a cap, a buy now, pay later cap at $600. Mm, okay, that's better than what we've got. So you're ahead of us. <laughs> I, I think we do have hardship loans at WINS too. I don't know the exact details, different, but I know. Different topic though, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. think that's more for yeah. big things like fridges and stuff, not so much, you know, nappies. So a $600 yeah. cap? Look, that's a, that's an improvement because they, they, at the moment there it's almost um, open ended. There's a, um, you know, I think it can be up to oh, ten thousand. So in Australia, you're large, talking. You know, yeah, it's quite large, so wow. that would help. But Whoa. it is about those. It just needs to be regulated like the other products and be seen like and like the other products, and um, and uh, and that's where we're we're holding out hope. So, well, once it's seen as credit and um, and viewed as credit, then it will be um, hopefully provide the guidelines that the other credit products have. So, very so good. Some of the individual products actually say yes, we do, but it's it's very difficult to um, to for our women that we've we've seen and we've had the. Um, the, the data from that that they it's it's, too, it's really hard to actually get any redress and it's really hard to get any um, help and hardship provision. It's an underestimation. Right. It's an underestimation of the harm that debt can do to someone. I think too. Dr. Yeah, Russell Kiota, thanks for your do. time. That's Dr. Ros Russell there, uh, Good Shepherd uh, Director there. And by the way, last week the government did announce it would bring buy now pay later under the Credit Contracts and Consumer Finance Act and introduce a cap, as I said, currently proposed.
at six hundred dollars. Fourteen to five. The panel RNZ National. And look, keeping with that financial theme, how in these pretty tough times not to think about touching that Kiwi saver. Pretty hard when you've got a big bill coming, and you might have a few grand stashed away in your name in KiwiSaver. With us is Christine Liggins, founder at charity Debtflix, Debtflix rather, the Debt Release Foundation uh, who is all about this issue uh, and there was a pilot run by KiwiSaver provider Simplicity with under-stressed savers being sent for a chat with Christine who's with us now. Kia ora Christine. Kia ora, thank you for having me. Tell us how this pilot works. So yeah, if, uh, and I, I want to thank Simplicity for allowing us to with them. Um, when anyone asked their said to withdraw with simplicity, they were referred directly to us as their team. And we would um, look at their situation, talk through their budget, see what their circumstances were, and then see whether actually something else was better than a Kiwi server withdrawal. Oh my goodness, uh, Christine, you might have to just turn your head there because we can hardly uh, hear you uh, on this. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, just uh, maybe moving a metre or two. Uh, the joys of the, uh, the cell phone. Um, did it succeed? I absolutely did. We had some fantastic results. We reduced the amount of withdrawals that uh, were taken out oh, yeah. and we were able to help many people do other things like check their working income entitlements, their working for family entitlements, work with a budget advisor to help them manage their budgets better. So we save them uh, quite a lot of money in the long run, I think, yeah. Okay, talking to Christine Liggins, who's been helping cash-strapped families to solve their money issues without having to raid their KiwiSaver accounts. Um, it's tough, though, isn't it, Dean, because you do have that um, cash stashed away and if you do need that big bill, it's it's tempting. Yeah, well, I, and I think it's just going to get worse and worse, kind of like on that last topic with with money getting more and more expensive. Um, you know, something has to give, and, and I think there's that real danger um, of more and more people dropping below the poverty line, and that affects everybody. Um, you know, that that um, leads to decades-long outcomes and crime and that. So I think regardless of sort of what you think, we're going to have to deal with this issue as a nation, and the more and more people who get into debt, they get into worse and worse situations. Right, and, stay there, yeah. stay there, Christine. I really like the idea that it's a trial, so... Um I think that that makes a big difference that you're testing it out and seeing if it works mm, first and that you have based, such yeah. good um, outcomes. And I think all of us need a bit of financial literacy at some point. Mm-hmm. And I love that um, you're giving the time. And like Dean was saying early on well, in the panel. You need to pay a bill. You Sorry? don't need literacy. You need just to pay that bill. Well, I liked how Dean said, listen, because it's easy to say that to someone, but mm. when you mm. sit down and see all their incoming and all their outgoing and if they're a single mother and if they have electrical bills or they have a waterbed that's expensive to heat, um, you really need to take that all into consideration. And I really love this holistic approach. And I think no one would have ever thought of going to their Kiwi Bank until COVID happened. I didn't even know it was an option. And then all of a sudden, okay. more people did it during oh, COVID. And I think that's the new problem. Christine? Is that- yes, I'm here. Yeah, what do you make of that? So there's a lot of help out there for people, and that's the whole point of us taking on the Kiwi Server withdrawal process. You know, to advise them the budget services in their area of help available. You know, you had Good Shepherd on just now, and Good Shepherd do some uh, great no-interest loans as well as the Tangata Microfinance. There's so much help out there that people aren't aware of, 
And that's one of the things we're able to assist them with um, through this process. All right. Now, um, Christine, just finally, uh, the Retirement Commission has called for a financial withdrawal hub for the whole KiwiSaver industry. What do you say um, uh, to those who want some sort of carve-out, a KiwiSaver carve-out for some sort of access for you know, that, that, that dentistry that you haven't done for years, 5K or something like that. What do you make of that? So it kind of defeats the purpose of the Kiwi server. Mm-hmm. That's yep. for your pension at 65. Yep. Um, but as a, as a central hub, we're working on a central hub and we're very happy to uh, start this process. And there's already other Kiwi server providers knocking on my door wanting to trial this too. So that's really right. good. Good on you. Thanks for that, Christine. That's Christine Liggins, yeah. the founder of Charity Debt Fix, which is uh, a debt release foundation. So they're sort of working through this pilot scheme, uh, helping uh, families who are struggling a little bit to solve money problems without having to get into that uh, KiwiSaver account. Nine to five, the panel, we are with Bootsy Moran and Dean Hall this afternoon. Thank you today for your feedback. A uh, lot of response on two issues. Uh, travel times and speed reduction, huge. Great comments on the new speed limits. A big issue is the speed differential, and when all traffic is contained mm. to the same speed, it all flows easier, or we call it anchored. A big issue when truck towing speed was 80k, mm. better now at 90 as the difference is less. It should be aligned across all speed, i.e. the same as currently for all speeds below 90. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And yeah. I, I think that, that whole idea of having a homogenous thinking about everyone on the road mm. and trying to get people doing that. Mm. Uh, and uh, the other big issue was waterbeds. Unbelievable, unbelievable. The water survived the Edgecombe earthquake. Great for babies uh, being kept in one place on the bed. Not good if you have bad luck. Got rid of my waterbed when I was cast in my bed and I couldn't get out. Not very romantic when the bed springs a leak. You should try one out. Test drive. On location. Live. There you go. (laughs) Challenge. You're such a man of ideas today, Dean, aren't you? You're just bringing all you these. You put it out there. You bring just... all these CEO level ideas to the panel. Good I'm on you, Dean. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, eight to five. Well, did you know? As I didn't know, the tattoo industry in New Zealand isn't nationally regulated. You can literally walk into a blooming tattoo shop at whatever age, I believe. Is that not right? No, it's not right. Ten bylaws and get a tattoo. In fact, there isn't even a national legal age restriction. It's regulated by different council bylaws, with some stricter than others. Cats are tattooers from Dr. Morse Tattoo Studio in Wellington. Kia ora, Cat. Oh, hey, man. I didn't know this. Hey, it sounds like you've got a busy tattoo parlour this afternoon. Oh, yeah, to be fair, everyone's just kind of hanging out and doing their homework, you know, getting ahead. Oh, okay. Convention coming up, got to keep busy, you know. There's a convention? Yeah, New Plymouth, biggest one in the country. It's pretty rad. Oh, wow, I didn't and know. finally, uh, fair, fair enough, if you're not into tattoos, you know. <laughs> How do you know I'm not into tattoos, Cat? Because you want a water bed. <laughs> 
I mean, no, not necessarily. I don't think that those are kind of mutually exclusive. I'd say. <laughs> well, guess what? Kat? I don't know if you're into tattoos or not. Don't know if you have any. Well, guess what? You correct. You predicted. You, you predicted right. I have. Zero I tattoos. So, because you were talking with some ire just before from the sounds of things. <laughs> I have zero tattoos. Not saying I don't want one in the future, but to this, would you like to see more regulation? I'm completely and utterly open to it. In fact, when I got into tattooing about four years ago, I was genuinely shocked that there wasn't. Like, in all fairness, it takes like seven years to become a qualified hairdresser and... You're right. Anyone can pick up a machine and start stabbing. People can do it without any morals or anything like that. So as shocked as you were when I found out, apart from Dunedin, I understand, has some bylaws, which would make sense. Like, no offence to Dunedin, but it's Dunedin. Sure. Um, and Auckland as well, I believe. I was I was quite stunned. I mean, every region has a minimum age, either 16 or 18, where you don't need consent. Some places, if you have parental consent, there isn't a minimum age. Am I right here, Kat? Um, yeah, but it's up to the discretion of the artist, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um, we're independent contractors, ultimately, at the end of the day. Um, for myself and for most of the people I work with and most of the people I have worked with, we don't tattoo under 18s unless like, it's distinctly meaningful. So, oh. tattoos, absolutely. Um, Tamoko is its own thing. I of think course, that's yeah. a rite of passage and that shouldn't be age-restricted at all when it's the right time for you to wear it. The right artist will put that on you, I believe. Um, but otherwise, no. And if I ever tattoo anyone under the age of 18, it's generally a pretty intensive screening process mm. as well. Most of us weren't particularly smart when we were 18, especially tattoo artists. We're a little bit wild sometimes. So what and do we s- remember how think our first ideas were, so we just try to... Yeah. Make sure people are getting tattoos when they're ready. And that's sort of for any approach to a tattoo, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. even if you're 42, if you're not ready, you're not ready. Yeah. yeah, and I was wondering what the regulation would look like from a Kiwi standpoint. Like, what is it an age? Is it like a signature from a parent? What do tattoo artists think would be the option? Um, preferably, I wouldn't want to tattoo anyone under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I think... I would be open to that being a restriction that would get put in place. I think that's quite sensible. That's very interesting because 18, for some might be listening to this, uh, Dean, can actually 18 is quite high because tattoo is a form mm. of, uh, f- uh, you know, a cultural, really important cultural considerations to be taken in here. Yeah, that's, yeah. Th- that's, I different. Think, I think that's different. I think different. that, that but, should be separate. Yeah, uh, that's I'm different. In terms of not cultural practice. Yeah. What do you reckon, Dean? Well, I'm gay and some of my friends are gay and they commemorated um, coming out by getting a tattoo because in some ways uh, it can feel like a way to, you know, liberate. And and in some cases they were under, I, I can remember them being under 16 when they did it. Yeah. Um, and, and I have one friend who, who did it himself. Um, so, again, I'm, I don't have a tattoo, so I don't really have much more to add mm. to the conversation than that. I, I can just appreciate it's a nuanced thing um, and an interesting topic. But, yeah. It's a hard one, too, because I guess if you do give an age restriction, it's like anything. Once you have the restriction, people want to do it more and break the rule. <laughs> right. It's yeah. that, it has the opposite effect of what you're going yeah. for. I was just thinking of The Simpsons when home, um, Bart goes and gets it in the first episode, <laughs> and it puts, like, mom, it's and he has to take one. it off. Yeah. <laughs> a wonderful guest. So good to have you on. Uh, and, uh, are you, I mean, do you enjoy the profession? 
Absolutely. It's by far the best job I've ever freaking had in my life. Um, and I've done a fair few jobs, like worked on a farm, like used to run restaurants and all that kind of mischief. This job is incredibly rewarding. Mm. I get to be an artist, but like mm. even better than that, I just get to like actually talk to people about their life. My client today was German. She'd been stuck here since the pandemic, and we we're just having big fat yarns about like missing family and you know how difficult that's been for her and how annoying getting sponsorship and stuff like this when you work in hospital and whatnot. Cat, because, if you know, I ever get a tattoo, I'm coming to you. Oh, you better make it cool, though, eh? Yeah. Don't you worry about that's, that. You just, that's a personal I, I can make a pretty, I can do a pretty cool choice. We'll Don't you cool worry though. about that, Cat. That'll be the coolest tattoo in the land. Very good. Uh, Dean Hall, Boops Moran, Thank thanks for being with me on What Was Chat. <laughs> Kia ora. See you tomorrow, 345 Checkpoint next.